What should our priorities be in life? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with The Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second of two podcasts taken from a message given at our Young Leaders Development Conference in Wichita in February 2023. I do reference a handout, and that's available at a link in the show notes. You might want to download that and follow along as we begin today's talk. We're going to be starting with calling number three on the handout, which discusses what it means to give our lives in exchange for what is eternal. Number three, we're called to give our lives in exchange for what is eternal. We're called to keep our priorities straight. On this month's uh, newsletter, we do a little excerpt from Goats and Nails on the second page there. It's from uh, Dr. Spann's uh, Goats and Nails devotional where he talks about uh, there are only two things of eternal value for which you can give your life in exchange the word of God and people so we have priorities that Richard already talked about the word of God spending time with the word of God listening to him and uh, having our lives transformed by that and then the souls of men and women so we have to ask ourselves what what will it last into eternity what will last into eternity uh, the word busy, acronym B-U-S-Y, can sometimes mean being under Satan's yoke. Being under Satan's yoke. So we don't want to be too busy. We want to focus on what will last into eternity and what is eternal. What is worth giving your life in exchange for? So Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And Mary, when Martha was busy uh, preparing the meal, Mary was at the Lord's feet in Luke 10, 42. Mary has chosen the good part, that which will not be taken away from her. And that's time with the Lord. That will be uh, eternal. And the souls of men and women, we know, are eternal. Romans 8, 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. So we want to invest in these things which are eternal. So the Word of God is eternal. The souls of men and women are eternal. When I uh, was living in Wichita in the last portion of medical school and residency, I was introduced to the Navigators. And as Jim said, Richard uh, discipled me. One of the things he taught me was uh, this little sentence uh, about our objective. And people involved with the Kansas Communities Ministry have taken this and uh, memorized it. And we use that in our lives. So that's the objective I printed out for you at the bottom of that page. My objective is to know Christ in my own life in ever-increasing depth and to make disciples and develop laborers at all times under any conditions in every place I go. So that stayed with me all these years. Even today, I judge what I do according to that standard. Is Am I meeting my objective? Am I spending time with the Lord, and am I making disciples and developing laborers? That's my objective in life, and my goal as long as the Lord gives me breath. So if that is my objective, I must ask myself, how do I fashion my life and time commitments to best meet that goal? Now, Richard referred to this previously. I'm going to elaborate on it just a little bit. Lawrence Sanney, uh, I think, was the first one that we're aware of that categorize these, but ways to prioritize your life. And, and, the, and the bottom of your handout, on the last page, it has some resources. So last page of the handout, Richard Spann blogs, 
the last one listed is prioritize your life. So you go to that URL and read more about this. It's also in his uh, books that he's written here. But I just wanted to briefly review these five categories. Uh, as I do this, think through your life and, and think which, which uh, should be in these categories. So we have the essential, the necessary, the good, the delegate, or eliminate. So essential is defined as that which will last for eternity and is on God's heart. That which will last for eternity and is on God's heart. This includes a personal walk with the Lord, spending time with Him in His Word and prayer, memorizing His Word, getting to know Him better. In addition, in the essential category is our relationship with our family, spouse, children, and our ministry among people, because the souls of men and women will last into eternity. So that's what I would put into that essential category. Then what is necessary? We might define that as that which we must do in the culture and environment we found we find ourselves. Examples might be our work. It's important to do that. Taking care of material things, taking care of our house, our yard, and so on. These are necessary things. Physical fitness might be in this category. Uh, so each of these are necessary, but the question is how much of each one are needed? Is there an imbalance? Do these detract from what is essential in our lives? Then the good category defined as that which helps others or gives us refreshment. This may include recreation, fun, doing fun things, service activities, even church activities, searching, serving on church boards or committees, recreational activities. All these things are good. But if they're out of proportion, if they're crowding out that which is essential, then we need to think about cutting back on them. Delegate that which can be done by someone else, that which can be done by someone else. Is there something in your life which you could turn over to someone else uh, that could do it just as well or better than you? So consider delegating that to them to free up time. And then finally, there are things in our lives we need to eliminate, that which is not helpful. These are things which clearly need to be eliminated. And um, that may include, obviously, not hopeful things like movies, TV, something like that. Or it could be just wasteful things, wasting our time, uh, vegging out, social media perhaps. Um, anyway, so I would ask you to look at those five categories and just think about your life and, and what things fit in them. So there's some practical ideas that come out of these truths. Um, I'll quickly read through those, but ask yourself, how does whatever activity I'm thinking about help me in my goal, my objective to know Christ and make him known? Or we might ask ourselves, does this free time activity help me in my goal in life? And number two, how does this activity help me love Jesus more, make him known more? Number three, it may mean limiting church involvement, that which is really good, but limiting it to maybe one or two activities. Number four, when considering employment, ask, will this job interfere with my essential or necessary activities? If so, question if it's the right thing to do. Number five, is there a way I can delegate some of the things I am currently assuming responsibility for? You know, I'm not the only one that can do things. Uh, do I need to humble myself to realize that someone else can do X? Number six, what do I need to eliminate from my life? What is distracting me from knowing Jesus better or from making him known better? Number seven, am I sold out to the truth that the essential 
investing in knowing Jesus through his word, investing in the souls of men and women, is that is what I need to invest my time in. Number eight, do I need to limit the necessary to make room for the essential? And I think number nine is helpful for me. If we just label it, we recognize that these are good things being involved with, helping people, serving others, but um, it's a separate category from that which is essential and necessary. Number 10, it may be costly to make time for the essential, but it's worth it. So number four, we're called to someone, not something. It's far too easy to give ourselves to a career, to advancement, to money, to prestige. Our allegiance, of course, is to Christ and him alone. If there's a conflict between the two, Christ must win out. Beautiful passage from Colossians 1, 15 through 18. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So we know this is true up here, right? We know this is true, but how do we apply it? I think this this concept to me has two immediate applications, which I want to share with you. First, as disciples of Jesus, we need to identify with him, identify with him in our Environment, whether that's at work, our neighborhood, our friendships, and so on, identify with him. Do people at work or in your neighborhoods or, or apartments know who you, know that you're a believer? Uh, Matthew ten thirty two to thirty three says, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So I ask myself, do I openly identify with him, or am I, am I a closet Christian like Nicodemus was? You know, he didn't want to come out in the open. He met Jesus at night. Uh, do we, so I don't mean being obnoxious about it. don't mean being critical of other people or finding fault or being judgmental. And it doesn't mean necessarily talking about your faith all the time or giving people a complete gospel presentation. But simply saying, hey, I'll pray for you. Or simply, truly listening to someone. That sort of idea. Um, secondly, it means not only identifying with it, maybe it may mean being willing to suffer for him. It may mean being passed over for a promotion. It may mean losing money uh, because you didn't get that contract, uh, because we take a stand for righteousness. It may mean losing your job, as the nurse practitioner did, who worked for a major pharmaceutical chain, lost her job because she refused to prescribe abortion pills for a patient. It's, it could be costly, but identification with Jesus. As I went through my daily practice and seeing patients in the office, I tried to imagine a sign above each door that, that said, uh, what is God doing in this person's life today? I wasn't always perfect to that, obviously, but I tried to go into it with the attitude of what is God doing in that person's life today? And I think we can do that no matter what career, what stage of life we're in, the people we talk to, what is God doing in their life today? So we're called to someone, not something. So four things we've talked about, we're called to excellence and hard work. Colossians 3.23, honor our employer, 
Work hard, do not defraud. Do our best to serve others by producing an excellent product. Um, number two, we're called to servanthood, not self-fulfillment. Uh, love our employer, love our fellow employees, love those we are serving. Truly care for them no matter what we are doing. Uh, servanthood and sacrifice, not self-fulfillment. Number three, we're called to give our lives in exchange for what is eternal, the word of God and people, and have margin in our lives and uh, really focus on the essential and the necessary. And then number four, we're called to someone, not something, even even though it may mean suffering or loss. Implications, identify with Christ and be willing to suffer for him, taking stands for righteousness. I want to look at the back of, the, of your handout real quickly. Some resources that, that pertain to this topic, Dr. Spann's blogs, uh, an excellent one I think is Mark or Blur. They're all excellent, don't get me wrong. But this is really good. Mark or blur. Live your life in such a way as to leave a mark, not a blur. Again, this is in the blog books that are back there. I want you each to take a packet of five of those. Uh, but it's also on that URL on our website. He also talks about the objective at all times under any conditions. And uh, that's on that URL. Don't wait for perfect conditions. We often think, well, as soon as I get through this project, as soon as I... It's the weekend, as soon as I retire, whatever. Um, but uh, don't wait for perfect conditions to start doing these things. And then prioritize your life. Talks about those five categories. Then on our uh, podcast, it's on the website called Making Disciples Naturally, or it's on Apple Podcasts and other sources. These three, I think, really apply to what we talked about. Elmo Joseph is one of our Kansas Navigator team leaders. And uh, he did an excellent podcast on making disciples in the workplace. Uh, it's podcast 114 through 116. Joe Stout, some of you may know, How Do We Put Christ First in Our Families, Business, and Social, Social Life, podcast 113. And then uh, a mysterious uh, person I interviewed named Bill, an excellent series of four podcasts on how does God want to use me in the lives of others. So I'd refer you to those. Thank you so much for listening today. The objective of the Kansas Navigators is to know Christ in my own life in ever-increasing depth and to make disciples and develop laborers at all times under any conditions in every place I go. Is that where you are today? Won't you prayerfully consider committing that objective to memory and striving to live by it? Join us next time as together we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.